0: Hey, what's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 37, and we're going to cover Leviticus 17 through 18. And as we remember, the book of Exodus introduces the question for us. How can sinful people live with the holy God? Because Moses is unable to enter the holy place, and Leviticus gives us the answer. The answer is holiness. Therefore, we've been establishing a need for holiness all throughout this book. And because of that, we need to understand holiness on every single level. In the most mundane things of life, God is holy. Even to the most monumental things of life, God is holy. And we've seen that all throughout Leviticus. After the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16, we start to enter into what has traditionally been called the Holy Code. And so in chapter 17, today, we're going to look at the sanctity of blood And in chapter 18, we're going to start looking at sexual purity over and against sexual immorality. The first thing we're to note is in the first few verses, in the first few verses, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel and say to them, This is what the Lord has commanded, saying, Any man from the house of Israel who slaughters an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp, or who slaughters it outside the camp and has not brought it to the doorway of the tent of meeting to present it as an offering to the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord. Blood guiltiness is to be reckoned to that man. He has shed blood and that man shall be cut off from amongst his people. The reason is so that the sons of Israel may bring their sacrifices, which they were sacrificing in the open field, that they may bring them to the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting to the priests and sacrifice them as a peace offering to the Lord. Then the priest shall sprinkle the blood on the altar of the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting and offer up the fat and smoke as a soothing aroma to the Lord. They shall no longer sacrifice their sacrifices to goat demons, which they play the harlot. This shall be a permanent statue to them throughout the generation." So here the Lord is warning against sacrificing anywhere other than the designated place at the door of the tabernacle. And in verses 10 through 16, we move into warnings against the misuse of blood. They're issued here. We get the culmination of that a verse. We're all very familiar with in verse 11. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. Verse 14, for as for the life of all flesh, its blood is to be identified with this life. And as you can see, God is tying and uniting blood to the life of a person or any organism. We can't let that word atonement throw us off because remember, it's speaking of atonement within the model of this sacrificial system because we'll see in Hebrews 10, It says in verses one through four, for the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come, and is not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near, otherwise they would have not ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having been once cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sin, but in those sacrifices. There is a reminder of sins year by year and see the law is meant to teach and point to this right here in verse four, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. And there you have it. Now it shows us that it says atonement in Leviticus, but that's atonement within the model that God had structured for Israel. That model was meant to be a tutor to lead them to Christ and point them to the blood of the one who could truly atone for their sins. I don't want you to miss the intentionality of God, placing emphasis on blood. He's been teaching Israel the whole time, pay attention to blood. I'm going to do something through blood. Don't think of the life being in the blood as a biological statement. That is more of a theological statement. Moving into chapter 18, we start to talk about the laws on sexual immorality. And the best heading for this or the best cover for this new section is sexual ethics. God has a standard for that. They must live differently from the rest of the world. And so God is going to point out some categories that are wrong and he labels them as sexual immoral. What he's getting at here is, remember, we are headed back to when I made creation and it was very good. And at that time, I told creation to be fruitful and multiply. Why did I want that? Because I wanted multiple image bearers all throughout the world and my glory would fill the earth through image bearers. And the first Adam was to start and take care of that. But when he failed, he ceased to produce image bearers who could replicate his glory throughout the earth, Adam continued to make people in his image, which is why there's a need for a second Adam. So God is teaching through sexual ethics that in order for my glory to fill the earth, we have to think about sexual ethics in a way that accomplishes the glory of God. This upholds the sanctity of marriage. And so the statement to be made here is that no one can have sex outside of marriage. The only thing you can have outside of marriage is sexual immorality, because true sex is between one husband and one wife. This is why incest is wrong. This is why adultery is wrong. This is why fornication is wrong. This is why homosexuality is wrong. And this is why bestiality is wrong. And so God, through Moses, goes in length, talking about all of these and deeming them as wrong. And some translations say you shall not uncover the nakedness. And that is a euphemism for having sexual relations. And so what is covered in the first few verses is incest. And then Moses inserts this in 21. It says you shall not give any of your offspring to offer them to Molech nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. And that's an interesting statement here. And so you have this Semitic false deity, the God of the Ammonites, who is worshipped through child sacrifice. And it's not mentioned here, but there's likely some sexual perversion attached to that as well. And as we read later in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles, King Manasseh actually committed this sin he sacrifices his son evidently to this God of Molech. And so he's disobeying all of the Levitical code, which shows how wicked Manasseh is. When we get to that portion of scripture, it's going to be interesting because child sacrificer repents. And get this, God forgives him. And that's going to be earth shattering when we get there. And so after that note, you move into homosexuality. Verse 22, you shall not lie with the male as one lies with the female. It is an abomination. And then verse 23, bestiality. You shall not lie with an animal to be defiled. And so now we have all of our terms. Now, as we can see, this book is about holiness. The theme is holiness, and it thoroughly covers holiness on every level. And this is how this book can be devotional. It's devotional in the fact that we have seen how the sacrifices point to a clear picture of soteriology. Romans is one of our biggest books on soteriology. You really can't understand the depths of Romans until you get Leviticus because Romans leans on Leviticus heavily. We see the grand reset that God must reset the system. And now we get to see what Jesus does when he inaugurates a new system. And I know this holiness overwhelms us and it should overwhelm us because if it didn't, it would be attainable. And that's why we need a perfect savior because this righteousness is not attainable apart from him. There would be a salvation of works if this righteousness was attainable. And because it's not attainable, And because we all have fallen short, God has shown us that He needs and desires holiness in your time, with your calendar, in what you eat, and what you drink. He's holy in the mundane, he's holy in the grand and the monumental, he's holy in your health, he's holy in sexuality. And I know these are hard truths, but we need to hear them because it forces you to have a good Christology. Now, when you hear, you must be holy for God is holy, that's your Christology. You have no holiness apart from Christ. And it forces you to have a better understanding about Christ. If you want God to walk with you and be in your midst, just like he was in the tent of meeting, you have to understand what Christ has accomplished for you. And you see this in the grand reset. The system must be reset. And this is what Jesus does when he inaugurates a new system. And this is exactly what happens in Hebrews 7, for when it says, we now have a high priest of the order of Melchizedek and not to be designated according to the order of Aaron. For when, listen to this, this is a vital verse. For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. Because Christ is the true high priest, because he's the true prophet, the one that was coming just like Moses, he rightfully can make new laws and a new covenant. Christ fulfills all the covenants, even the Davidic covenant, so he can control all the covenants and even, in fact, make a new one. And you are the beneficiary of that. And now you have everything that pertains to life and godliness to glorify God in your body, which is God's. And now you can go and be fruitful and multiply, not only in your childbearing and in good sexual ethics, but in your discipleship. You should be making disciples and fulfilling the great commission is an extension of fulfilling the commission to procreate. Because in that, you are transferring people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And God does that through your gospel proclamation. Let's be faithful, brothers and sisters. Let's continue to practice all of these things of holiness because we have been set apart and made holy by Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Catch you next time, guys. Hey.